This podcast was created during the 2023 WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. Fortunately for us, the WGA seems to have reached a tentative agreement with AMTPT. However, SAG-AFTRA has not yet. So please continue to support the Entertainment Community Fund. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thanks. Queen Morgays of Andor has issued the following proclamation. The following discussion will include spoilers from the Wheel of Time books by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. We ask that you read those books so that our discussion does not spoil you. You have been warned, so it is written, so shall it be done. Internet connection unstable, according to the Zoom. Happens meeting. every time. You're so fired. You're so fired. Welcome to Bustin' Blockbusters. My name is Matt. I am joined by Priscilla, and we have a special guest coming up as well. Chris from TV Podcast Industries. And this set of recordings is going to be basically divided up into two podcasts, all from a book reader perspective. The first one will be covering the news. The second one, we'll be just covering our thoughts about the adaptations overall for season two and uh, some other things as well. But a lot of the news that we're going to be talking about is season three related. We will be discussing all of the books, Eye of the World, through Memory of Light. So if you are not caught up on storylines with that and you don't want to be spoiled, this may not be the podcast for you, but we do want to say that we don't care if you choose to be spoiled that's completely up to you we hope that you will stick around bubba is not allowed to stick around bubba is not here bubba don't watch this that's or don't listen to this that's that's all that's my only request unless you want to start reading the books which you know that's a you choice that's not a me choice priscilla by the way thank you so much for joining me uh i know this is be probably the last one that we do for a while uh, so yeah, uh, until, pleasure. Yeah, until Rings of Power comes back. Uh, Rings of Power. I want. Yeah, when? Uh, yeah, I, I have know, no when. idea. Next you know, year. Next yeah. year, sometime. Next year. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll... At least in Rings of Power, like the Amazon, uh, they already renew for the third season, and they confirm the five season deal. So. I am joined. By a gentleman who did the, had to do a little skimming or maybe a little traveling in order to get here. We have Chris from TV Podcast Industries. Chris, welcome, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Good to hear your voice again. I didn't see you through the magic of Zoom. Yes, we uh, did the, the skimming cheat. We did. Yeah. We just decided to use electronics. We're back in the age of heroes where we still have some <laughs> technology and... One of the things that I really have loved is your guys' coverage of the Wheel of Time this year. I know that you and John have to be very careful around Derek so as not to spoil him too much since he's... I have a podcaster on my podcast here, Bubba, uh, who's the founder of Double B Media, who also uh, is trying to remain spoiler-free. He, he does occasionally get a hit or two through the internet, but it's a tough task trying to navigate around that and... Sometimes you just need to talk to a fellow book reader in order to get your uh, honest, book-biased thoughts out. 
in regarding this stuff. And I'm so happy that you were able to join me. TVpodcastindustries.com is the place where you want to check out all of those podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful podcasts covering Marvel stuff, uh, covering a lot of other stuff on Amazon right now. Gen V. Um, yeah, we've got Loki. Invincible coming up next week. And season two of Invincible, we're rolling into through season two of Loki. And uh, yeah, no, we've got a few things. Obviously, you've got um, supposedly Echo coming some point in <laughs> in the next two months. So we'll see if that happens. But yeah, we're we're, we're busy little podcasters. Surpassing like 800 episodes now or something like that, I heard Derek yeah. say. In, in one of the <laughs> we, podcasts. we have a bit too much uh, time. We had too much time on our hands. We had too much time on our hands. <laughs> I've, I've run about five or six different feeds, and I think I barely, over 10 years, 11, 12, 13 years, I barely have 700 episodes total or something along those lines. And you guys have done this all in the last 10 years, so... Hats off to you. Uh, Thank you very much. Let's go ahead and just jump right into this. And folks, we will be giving you full book spoilers uh, as we go along discussing some of this. So please, you've been warned. It's not on me anymore. It's it's not on me. It's just on you if you're watching on YouTube uh, or if you're listening on the audio form of the podcast. Let's just jump right into the news because uh, there's a lot of things that have been happening since... The Wheel of Time Season 2 aired. A couple of days ago, WattSeries.com, their ex-account, put out a tweet saying uh, that, according to the YouGov signal posted to LinkedIn, LinkedIn, the Wheel of Time achieved its highest numbers of views to date in its Season 2 premiere month. And those numbers were very uh -huh. good uh 78 uh a third million uh yeah. so that's quite a bit of numbers to say yeah that's cool we've got uh we've got some leverage there uh the highest that season ever was season one ever was uh with, during its premiere month although they i think they started in november and didn't finish up till december but they did reach a high of 60, nearly 63 million. Here's the number mm -hmm. that concerns me more. And this could For just sure. be, yeah, there's this, obviously season one was built, Priscilla, in order to build up the, the prime package to get more people to subscribe to the prime mm -hmm. package, whether they watch the videos or not. Um, and so yeah. you would have had fewer people and thus a greater percentage of your audience uh, watching those shows. Um, so that's why there you have a dip from 15% of season one down to 10%. So a larger percentage of the audience for season one doesn't necessarily mean that fewer people are watching season two, is basically what I'm saying. So this means that the same people return for the second season and that possibly they're not gaining more viewers or they're gaining gaining fewer viewers but people did watch is that the concerning thing that well the concern for me is that it doesn't that, really reflect any absolute growth i think what really gets is the two year gap between seasons okay that could be that's it. for me like the, the the number one complaint like it should be 
year to year, at least until like a uh, fifth season when people are like used to the series. So oh. you, you try and, and they are doing that with, with the boys too, which is another uh, success for them. I understand fandom. Oh, we need to have like 10 episodes. I mean, if you have less episodes than like the average per hour of hour of minutes viewed, it's like it's going to be it's going to reflect better because people tend to drop. People tend to watch a couple of episodes here and then they go on do other stuff and then two weeks later they catch up. I myself I did that uh, with a number of series, uh, Amazon and Netflix. So uh, it's just a reflection of the way of like people, how people are consuming streaming nowadays. That's it. That's how they do it, you know. And this whole thing of Amazon dropping three episodes at one and then weekly, I think it's a, the the best strategy for them. Um, I I don't I don't think it's that concerning. To be honest, because of um, how they they consume it, you know, okay. Amazon Prime is there, so people people know it's there, so people can come back. It's not like a regular TV, you know, that you have the urgency to watch. So if you have like three hours in your weekend because it drops on on Friday, and then you have like three episodes to go of Wheel of Time, and then you watch the three episodes, three hours gone then you forget about it yeah it happens because people maybe they 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 still expect the the netflix dump of a whole season mm. but netflix is also always also doing this like dividing the season so they dump uh one half couple of months and they dump one another half so maybe that's the next step for amazon maybe that's what they are going okay so people do watch the three episodes at once right. and then they forget about it so how about we do this maybe there's i really think they're still trying to figure out things. the thing that concerned me more was the episodes per viewer and I don't know if there's anything to be read in that number or not. It's not that big of a change from 4.7 episodes in season one to 4.4 episodes in season two. Plus, season one has had two years to collect a lot of viewers uh, for this series. But Rafe had said, you know, depending on whether we get a green light for season four or not may depend on the numbers that Amazon sees. And again, these are not Amazon's direct numbers. These are calculated by this uh, U-Signal Gov or whatever. So I'm not sure how accurate they are completely. Uh, I will say yeah. that right off the bat. But do you have any impressions? Is is this still a the fact that when it premiered, there were more viewers? Naturally, if you have a bigger audience, you should have more viewers. Is there any concern to have here, or do you think it's okay? It's a tough one. It really is. I think a lot of like the the writer strike and then the 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 SAG strike really did a number on Hollywood on streaming show on shows on. Uh, I don't know if you guys um, have ever talked about um, any of the uh, Mike Flanagan uh, shows uh, on Netflix. He does the Haunting on Hill House. The Blind Manor, Haunted Blind Manor, um, and then just also he did a vampire one. I can't remember the name of it. Midnight Mass, and then just literally Fall of the House of Usher, 
Mark Hamill, Raul Coley, you name all the usual stars, amazing actors like Mark Hamill. Yeah. My God, in a TV Netflix show, silence. It's been out like two weeks and it's just silence because you don't have these stars kind of really being able to amp up. And then what we have seen is while the Wheel of Time season two was going on, there was a lot of pre-recorded press that was put out via social media. And it like a lot of people just didn't interact because to be fair, it like people wanted to support the writers and support the actors. So people were kind of like, I'm still going to watch the show, but I don't know if I want to. Also, then you also have a lot of the studios rely on word of mouth. They rely on people like us. They rely on standard entertainment kind of industry variety things like that to build additional hype but they need interviews you need other things like that to really kind of build that hype and now what series and twitter or x communities really did kind of bolster a lot but there was still just a massive gap in marketing like there really was it's like in the entertainment industry like sometimes we'll spend what half of a film's budget like on top of like so if they spent like 100 million they'll spend another 50 million on marketing alone just to try and really get it out there so you're missing a lot of that as well so i think hopefully the studios will understand that during the last few months like that's we'll just take the hit if you consider if you take into the like account all that extra external factor and it still went down for 4.7 to 4.4 let's say that's not that bad um but they also did the very amazon thing where or prime thing gen v came out around like gen v and real time were starting to compete a bit as well yeah. loki was compete like things were just starting to compete with itself and that's the problem sometimes with these shows where what they end up just having too much content. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we're seeing Disney kind of pair back on that. We're seeing Prime pair back on that. Like it is next week we see Invincible come, which is the last week of uh, Gen V. Then they're putting out. So they're literally rolling back to back into it. I think that's the way they'll go forward. But again, the audience is limited. I'm not worried about this. I'm more worried about season three. Anyone who managed to get through some of the slower episodes, personally, I loved season two. I and we'll get into that later. So people who managed to get past some of the one or two slow episodes, who got to the ending, have literally praised that final episode. But again, we have to see how many what, what that translates to. Really, that's my own personal view. What about you? Yeah, um, I do think that that little bit of drop in viewership, the thing that I worry about, that little bit of drop of of episodes per viewer, might be due to the fact that a lot of people had criticisms of season one, and maybe they're seeing some of those same traits that worked well for, that worked really well for TV, but maybe not so much so for book readers. The building of a mystery. And as an example, who is the Dragon Reborn? Well, we all know that, but the whole idea of who is the Dragon Reborn was a big mystery that they played around. Great for TV, not so great for book readers. This season, I felt like the big mystery was, is Moraine shielded or is she stilled? Does she really lost all of her powers? And they drug that out for seven seasons or for seven episodes. 
you know, same way resolved in the last 10 minutes of, of episode seven. It's, it's, it's almost kind of a little bit formulaic. And I wonder if some people get turned off a little bit by that approach. Yes. That is seemingly a lot of people out there. When I chat with the, the lads over on TV podcasts, I call it the burden of knowledge. So it's like, right. it's like if you were in the medical profession, just imagine you're a doctor, right? And you, your child or your wife or your partner, whatever, gets a sniffle and a cough. You immediately think of all the worst things that that cough could lead to. Yeah. As book readers, we're watching this and going, is she stilled? Is she shielded? Oh, my God. For a brand new audience who's coming in and never read the book, they don't know the difference between shielding and stilt. Sure. They know about gentling. They they don't know that shielding is a thing. They kind of see it with uh, Nynaeve and Leandrin in Tarvalon. But again, they don't really... It's not common knowledge. And again, a lot of the things that we'll probably talk about later in this episode... They don't know that's coming. They have no idea what happens later in the books. So right. there's we're we're seeing things going. But how's that going to work? Oh no! But my favorite part of X is now missing. How are they going to do that? I, I get it, but also personally, I'm very much of the. I'm imagining that this is an adaptation. Okay, right. so again, that's what happens with a lot of my favorite mediums. Like the comics get turned into MCU films and they mash like three different comics together or they'll change the origin of X character or Y. And I'm like, but that's not what happened in my youth. And I'm like, well, actually, hold on. It's an adaptation. It's okay. Just imagine it's a different multiverse or timeline. That's the way I'm kind of going like, this is flicker, flicker, flicker. I talked about this once. Uh, Flicker, flicker, flicker happens in book two. And like, we see, we see some aspects of that. Like, I'm just, and even at the very last episode, very last, there is discussion points about some versioning and discussions of Rand pulling a parallel, parallel universes, maybe if, no, hmm. Like, there's all those discussions. So I'm like, do you know what? I'm just imagining that this is a completely parallel universe with the same characters, slightly looking different, slightly acting different. Some of the storyline will play out differently, but it's still the dragon versus the dark one, the light versus the dark, and how that interacts and how we get there. I'm along for the ride. That's the way I'm doing it. And I'm kind of hoping by the end of season three, the vast majority of book readers may come to that kind of, do you know what? Here, look, we're on a journey together. You're in control of the car. Take me. I may complain about you took a left instead of a right, but I'm here. I'm in the car with you. Let's go. I'm hoping. To me, it's just the process in which the, the, the journey is being taken sometimes. It's kind of that formulaic thing that turned me off a little bit. I hope that they don't do that in season three. Uh, I'm trying to think of things from these future books that they could do that with. Uh, but I, I hope that they, they, they choose a different path and just kind of really let the characters. They did a much better job this season to me of exploring at least Egwene and Nynaeve's character in those two episodes. Um, We're being promised by Rafe that we're going to get more of that same kind of explanation, this time with Perrin and Rand. So fingers crossed for that. We can talk about I miss the Wolf Brothers. Like, that was an aspect I adore in the books. Um, And especially Perrin and that whole part. And, wait, we missed... 
Rand becoming a blade master, that journey in book two, where he actually, through his practices with Vile, remembering what landed, he becomes a blade master to get. And then when he does get branded with the herons, he actually is technically a blade master by the end of when he gets to home. Like, so I miss that, but yeah, I'm hoping they'll kind of dive further in. And you know what? He's going to be on a journey now that everyone's there. He'll meet Lan again. And they'll get kind of maybe over the, like, we'll get a bit of a six-month time jump. And they've been an intensive course of training. And it's going to be like, it's going to be like an old 1980s montage. (laughs) All you really need, all you really need to sell it to me, Chris, is one scene of him and Lan doing the things that Lan and that other warder from season one were doing. Those kinds of exercises and everything. It only takes one scene. Uh, yeah. and and say yes you've come a long way like you said yeah. a couple months later yes you've come a long way you're you are now officially a blade master or whatever you know rather than getting uh just a couple of moves from a guy in in a ward um <laughs> that yeah. was so cool so it cool was fun. so it was weird fun. so cool but such a like wait what that's the wait is he gonna learn off a crazy man i was actually there for it i was like Okay, you know, this could get fun. Like, he's gonna have, like, it turns out this crazy guy, like, was actually once a blade master and gonna be training him with a cane. And I, that's, I thought that's what they were leaning into. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then it gets down to the big thing with Turok, and it's like, oh, Indiana Jones, here we come. So, which I, I loved. I yeah, loved exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. You know, but I'm just kind of like, well, that's an easy way to get out of, uh, Let's amp up his dragon powers rather than, uh, you know, amp up his blade powers. So I, I'm yeah. cool. You had to give one or the other because you weren't going to be able to have that scene without it, uh, no. without one or the other. So that was fine. Uh, although, I, gosh, I'm already getting into, into complaints here, and I don't mean to because we still got a couple other news things. But uh, for him, after one conversation with Loghain to suddenly have such control uh, was a little <laughs> weird to me. Uh, yeah, I know. They they they're definitely they they're using a lot of shorthand. Yeah. Um and, and uh, again, like I'm just also like they're not showing the full level of the taint yet either. Right. Um which I think they'll explore because I saw that you the next piece of news, for example, you said Rafe has said that they're gonna in next season three we're gonna get some um parent episode and we're gonna get a rand episode. I'm hoping that's where they start to explain explore the madness. They start to explore the taint that him kind of embracing the the, the source is go- causing him to go a bit crazy, see things, hear things. Is it really loose? Is it not? Who is there? What is it? All those types of parts. Brandon Sanderson watched the season finale live with Matt Hatch and another prominent WOT content creator uh, live on a, on a stream. They watched the finale all together, and I felt bad for Matt because he's trying to process what he's seeing in the episode, and Brandon's already seemingly read the scripts and has almost kind of prepared a diatribe of, of criticisms uh, for the episode based mostly on what he read of scripts from the prior episodes, though he said he hadn't seen any of those episodes, and I think you probably need to see the execution of those scripts before you comment on whether events at the finale are 
sold well enough or not, or whether they were played up well enough or not. Um, to me, uh, seeing words on a page in a script are, is completely different than seeing the result, what the director has done, what, how the actors have chosen to do it. But what did you think? Um, I was I, I like I was already sharing my thoughts on it because I saw it. Uh, he was with Daniel Green, which is also like the biggest YouTuber of Wheel of Time, uh, and he's also a writer. Mm-hmm. And they were with Matt. Matt is a person which I appreciate. Um, and it was a weird thing because, and I have to say. I I learned to take criticisms of both Anderson and Green with a huge grain of salt. Not because I want to just listen to praise about the series, but because uh, it's very clear to me that the things that are important to me in both the books and the series and in the adaptation, they are not really important to them. They are very important, like with the fidelity, with like some details. They really keep getting caught up in the details and like, which I understand because that's, they are super fans. They read the, the series over and over. They are obsessed with the series for years. And Sanderson wrote the final books. So I think it's daunting for them to see so much changing so much like going forth and that and also uh the thing is like when you sit and write a book it's completely different than sitting and writing a script uh, when you write a book you are the, the the commander of the whole thing you have an editor you have people reading they give you tips they say da 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 da, da but you are the ultimate voice the series and movies like uh almost a communal effort there are so many hands so many things that go into consideration and they have to squeeze this story in eight hours per season do i think they lost some precious minutes with some scenes and plots and things that they should have completely eliminated and focus on other things yes i think but the finale was a combination of what season two was. The finale reflected what season two was. That was a problem for me with the season one. The finale of season one didn't reflect what season one was. The finale of season one was borderline bad. They tried to do a lot of things that didn't work. This is the opposite. The finale here was the combination of the arcs of the characters. You may disagree with the character arcs. That's another thing. But to say the finale, and I was like, I was really flabbergasted. I was like, whoa. I was seeing criticism, criticism, criticism of other YouTubers too about the season finale of season two, especially among the the male. Mm. This is what important to me. It wasn't perfect, no. But I wasn't bored at no moment I was bored. I cried. I like it. What can I ask more for TV? I will be very open and honest. I 
I really like Brandon Sanderson. I, I, I love all of his books, his sagas. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Mistborn, Stormlight Archives, and what he did to close out the Wheel of Time. Um, if I was his PR person, I wouldn't have let him on the show. <laughs> Being frankly, uh, brutally, brutally honest, because he, so again, he read first or second drafts of, the, he didn't read the final scripts, not production scripts. He was not on set. He he fed into, to find, like, say, first or second drafts. So again, scenes probably changed. He admitted he hasn't watched the majority, and he has come out and said, since all this kind of kerfuffle that he had said to the guys, uh, the podcasters and the Dusty Road, that the Dusty Wheel, the, 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 the show he was on, the YouTube show he was on, that he hadn't watched any of season two yet. He was just going to live react. So again, he's going by what he remembered from what, two years ago, year and a half ago? Right. But when he first, and that's being generous, it could have been even a bit more. And he's going by that memory. He's going by what he's being introduced to. So a lot of the stuff we saw where we were like, this is really cool. Moraine and Lan got to, to farm. That's really interesting how they did that. Like through the ways. Oh my God. That's, I wouldn't have expected. Like he didn't like it. I understand because that's not what happened in the books. And that's, he doesn't understand how they, they how they got to the last episode and what happened in the last episode to take them there. And for her to proclaim Rand versus just unfurling, unfurling a flag, a banner. And like he didn't really get it. Now, he said he understood why they did it because, to be fair, Moraine and Lan are barely in book two. They're in there, but they're, it's not about them. So they, from the show... Rosamund Pike, you're not going to sideline Rosamund Pike, <laughs> one of your stars on this show. That kind of like getting rid of Charlie Cox and Daredevil for a season, kind of go, we're just going to put you over here for a bit. You're the biggest name on the show. Just leave you there. Um, they're not going to do that. Right. I, again, his PR person shouldn't have let him do this. He went about tactfully, again, also the wrong way of doing this. It all came out as diatribe, just criticism. That's all it came out as. He really, there was no constructive thought. It was just, I use the term oral vomit a lot because it was that. It's just like, it all just spilled forth. And it was live reacting as well, which there's a reason I don't even, I don't like live podcasting that much because it's like, I'll trip over my words my brain personally runs like 15,000 miles a second. Usually I have like 10 thoughts and I'm like trying to direct them into a cohesive kind of train is usually my editor in chief and best person in the world, Derek O'Neill, who is our editor and director and pod producer and everything on TV podcast industries. He'll make me sound so eloquent. <laughs> But usually there's not a lot of eloquence in there. Um, so that's also why you usually don't do those types of things unless it's kind of your media trained to an nth degree and you know what you're allowed. If you prepared notes just based on those scripts, early scripts, not completed scripts, not reformed um, scripts, not rewritten scripts, then I think maybe perhaps... Uh, he should have either left those off the table and just reacted to the emotion of the of the finale, regardless of context, 
or he should have just watched the finale before he watched it with Matt, regardless of what Matt wanted him to do. That's my completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. And it's not the first time that he does that. Uh, He comes across as a a little bit naive about filmmaking and uh, the likes. I think he's kind of like geeky guy that really likes his books, really likes everything, but he does, he has to go to a set, he has to understand a little bit, especially if he wants like his his uh, work to be adapted. Chris, I'm glad that you have 15,000 thoughts in a second because I only have about one thought every 15,000 seconds. But <laughs> so we my... even out, it's fine. <laughs> this thought uh, comes from an, our next news item, and this again reported by whatseries.com, folks. That's If you want to get spoilers, that's one of the places to go. I also like uh, John's What Up channel on YouTube, another great mm-hmm. place to go. Uh, but according to the WGA website, the first episode of season three has already had a title. It's been submitted to the mm-hmm. WGA now that the strike's over. The, to Race the Shadow. And uh, Justine mm-hmm. Jewel Gilmer, from uh, who wrote the sixth episode of season one and the penultimate episode of season two, uh, is the writer for that. And evidently, uh, Kieran Donnelly... Uh, is doing the first two episodes of season three as the director. To Race the Shadow is a chapter title. It's the 47th chapter of The Dragon Reborn, which is a book that you've read, obviously. Uh, it takes place in Camelin when Matt is delivering that message. And I don't think that that will be the events that we actually see because we've seen lots of times this show steals a chapter title and makes it the episode title and it maybe thematically has something yeah, similar yeah. but not not uh mm-hmm. isn't a direct verbatim Season of that chapter one did, yeah. yeah it's not one to one uh but we also know uh that Camelin is likely to be shown in season 3 because of set sightings I suppose, and like Andor and Banners being shown and things like that. So there's a possibility we could get to Camelin. Is this, and maybe we can speculate more on this in another news item, but I'm just thinking, you know, if Elida is still in Camelin at this point, is this the place where we meet uh, Shoru Agadashlu as the, uh, as Elida? Because Mm. she's been speculated to be casted as playing Elida. A lot of fans wanted her to play Cad Swain, of course, but Elida uh, seems to be who she's been casted at. And again, that's according to whatseries.com. So would you introduce Elida in Camelin, since that's kind of where she starts out in, in the books, I guess? I think they're going. I think they will go to Camelin um, because you've got to get the Seed of Andor. You've got to get some of that. Like we got introduced to the the Mare somewhat, somewhat. In this season, um, they need to expand that out. The seed of Andor, um, Elaine's mother, and her whole entourage need to be introduced somewhat. Uh, Elida, I, I think she'll be good. Mm. Shura, uh, I think it makes sense based on where that character goes. And who she becomes in the books, um, becoming an Amelin, you can have that. She and it means then potentially next season they're gonna do the coup. 
which yeah. yeah kind of makes sense kind of doesn't because i thought it would be more into season four because you've got to introduce all of the black agile you've got to introduce how they break the oats you've got it like so much but again maybe they won't maybe they'll just kind of shorthand somewhat and kind of push a bit more or they'll expand it out and they kind of just introduce all the main characters that you need to know maybe and then at the finale of season three you've got the coup you've got the changes you've got how all that's going to go about and then season four is the rebels and the tower and the women's circle and blah 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 and you the wise ones because we know they're going to be introduced next season right so yeah all of these i think we'll get andor i think we're going to definitely get threefold land we're definitely going to get tier i think mm. i think okay. they're going to they're going to fast track tier they're going to bring us calendar they're going to give us the stone i think that might be the end of season 3 Interesting. Well, I be... think because again, you've got a mash. They did say they were taking season three was gonna season two and three was gonna be books two, three, two, three, four, and parts of five. I think oh. I remember something along those lines. They said they were gonna start sprinkling bits, kind of taking it out. Because again, they've got to do twelve. They've got to. I think he said he has about seven or eight seasons. Right, yeah. How he's plotted it out. Right. So you've still got to move some of that because at the end, like you've got the Black Tower, <laughs> you've got so much you need to bring in. <laughs> so again, you've got to start like they got to start moving in season three. Should we advise Derek and my podcast partner Bubba to go ahead and start reading the books because at the rate yes. that these series are being dropped, uh, it may be twelve years if they wish to remain spoiler-free before they even read book one. Yeah. Are, are, are you advising Derek that he can read, like, up to book two and still be caught up? Or are you, how are you guys approaching that? Because I'm telling Bubba, uh, you know, either read them all now or don't read them at all. That's pretty much what I've said to the guys. Uh, and I think Derek is kind of interesting. He's going to start reading. Um, but I've been very much of the look just... There's enough differences that you're going to still enjoy the, the content. Right. Um, but also, I said, look, if you re if you don't have time, like, there's enough content out there that you don't have to either, <laughs> and you can just enjoy it. My fear is, I I've said, if this doesn't get it picked up after season three, then go ahead and just blitz through because it is still one of the best book yeah. sagas in the world. And I, I, I personally, I rated above Lord of the Rings. Like that's where it is on my kind of scale. Um. Lord of the Rings is very much too much. <laughs> it's too wordy, if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> Game of Thrones is too po politics and incest, uh, and, and you never know when that's going to finish. It's and Lord right of the Rings, nicely in the middle, yeah. Yeah, sure. this is kind of too, yeah, and there's certain books that are just popcorn. There are popcorn aspects to these books. There are other books that go on, and you're like, wait, who, who are they again? Okay, right. So they did that, and that's. This is the prophecy, but that's the the Sifo prophecy, but not actually, and that's the Caramon. Okay, so he's that, but he's not that part of them, and there's different. That's what I enjoy about some of the, this book and the series. 
So, Priscilla, what do you think of these other sources? Or, or basically, Rafe has come out and said a couple things during New York Comic Con, saying things. Obviously, we know that the the set for mm. Emmons Field has been rebuilt. Uh, at Comic Con, Rafe confirmed mm-hmm. that Ruidian and Tanchico will be uh, have been shot and will be in season three. You have to think that the, because. When Rafe answered questions for Jordan Con uh, back before the writer's strike started, they were actually filming on that Arches set, or he answered the questions from that Arches set. So you think we have mm-hmm. to be back at the tower as well. Then we have this report of mm-hmm. Camelin as well. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. Rafe also confirmed that uh, we might meet, uh, he gave some allusion uh, to the Sea Folk being in season three as well mm-hmm. so that's a lot of stuff and i don't know how much of this you have read have you read any tanchico stuff yet i don't know i have this memory thing that doesn't work here huh. but if i if i i don't think so honestly uh so, i mean sea folk uh they mentioned this uh this season already the sea folk right right, right? yeah when they are going to introduce something in the next season, they always make sure to mention at least the season before. So, right. So the Tanchico storyline, which I believe is book five, if my memory is all, it all blurs together to me. But mm-hmm. uh, the Sea Folk play a role in that storyline, along with Nynaeve and Elaine and Tom Marilyn. And Bail Domain. Mm. So uh, that's... Oh, the gang. I almost feel like they have to go back to the tower before because we've seen that Arches set being filmed again or Rafe was answering questions from that. So, Yeah, but it should be... It should happen. Right. Very fast in the beginning of the season. I don't know. Should... We can talk full spoilers, right? Yeah, so when in the series we have like Moraine and Swan Swan break up, I don't think we are going to have the whole Red Aja mission from Swan to the girls. Do you think that's been eliminated? I don't... I don't know because Swan was like she was uh, what in two episodes season uh, two, yeah, and she's been knocked out. So her plans for the dragon—they are completely opposite, not completely opposite, but they are like very different uh, stages of their lives as the Amarin sit. In the books at this point and in the series at this point. So what I wonder is like the whole plot waves one like no no we are going to speed things up now now you're going to like Nynaeve you're going to do this uh Igwen you're going to do this and then Nynaeve comes to Elaine and then blah 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 blah, blah. um shenanigans. Mm. Uh, they trying to figure out Red Aja and what it is. I don't think they are going to do that because they already started uh, talking about the, the, the Black Aja. They already started talking about the Black Aja right now, right? 
So yeah. with Mo- Moraine and her sister, and then we had the the, the Varen Sedai with her brown sisters too. Right. And well, at the end of the day, we had the Elaine and uh, Nynaeve to figure out, right? Right. One thing that we also have is the fact that Nynaeve and Elaine already have those rings. Remember that they they get those rings, they get rings mm-hmm. along the way, uh, somewhere it's book three yes. or book four. So uh, they already have them. So they don't have to return to the tower. They could go straight exactly. to Tanchico chasing after Mogidian or, or whatever. Yes. So um, that would be a way to work around it. But I don't understand then what they would have been filming for season three. They had just started filming season three and they were at that artist mm-hmm. set because I can't think of another single accepted or novice being raised to accepted that I would care about there if it's not Elaine or Egwene. Because mm-hmm. you could send Egwene yeah. off to Ruidian with Rand as well, because she has to meet the wise ones and learn about Teleron Riyadh as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't understand what they were filming at the beginning of when he answered the questions at JordanCon. Uh, it has to have something to do with them. I, I, I can't think of any other reason. But I don't know how it's going to fit the story together. Weird. Well, uh, Ray said that uh, the changes in season two from the books would be more prominent than season one, and that it was it's go- it was going to be fine because they are going to be increasingly more faithful after season three. But how is that? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I I want to be surprised. That's also good. Okay. It feels progressively correct to me, Chris, but I I also am just kind of wondering, you mentioned Tyr. I don't see that, really. I see the fact that the way that Rand took out Ishii um, at the end of Season 2 with that sword that basically then became nothing because it burnt the crap out of his hand uh, and and made his it made his brand. I almost think that you don't really need Tyr or Kalandor until later in the series, of mm. course. Uh, and I wonder if they could just put that off uh, maybe to a season four or five. They, they could. I, I, when we were talking about it in the end of our episodes in the season, I, I brought up the prophecies. They kind of start to hint at the prophecies in the season, yeah. Um, and I think they might introduce more of them if they introduce more of the prophecies of kind of how he will be, be proclaimed as the Dragon Reborn, not just with the what happens in Falm, but with Tear, uh, the, the Stone people of coming Tyr, to him, yeah, yeah, and all those the the Chief of Chiefs and things like that. I think they might do it. That's why. Because you've got a lot of prophecies you need to fulfill um, to kind of really bring it forward to where you get that level of political intrigue, where you get that level of, okay, well, now you've got the Aeel, now you've got the Seafolk, now you've got 
Andor, now you've got the White Cloaks, now you've got Black Tower, White Tower, like you start getting all the different factions, and then you've got those prophecies of well, what, how each of them somewhat fit into some of that. Um, so I don't know. I I I like the idea. Also, I just want to see Calendor on, on the screen. <laughs> the 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 sword that is not a sword. I was so worried that the battle in the sky was going to look cheesy, and I was there for that. I was like, yeah, yeah do it. It's going to be cheesy. I like the metaphor of the fact that they're on top of the tower and there's a battle there. That that's cool to me. I've, I've, I have no problem with that adaptation, uh, and and it avoids a big thing. Calendor, I'm worried, is going to look like a lightsaber. <laughs> I, yes, that is potential. I had more of a crystal sword in my head. Oh, okay. Like literally, like crystal hilt, crystal cross saber, and a crystal actual saber itself, and like cut glass. That when the white or white and or dark of the channeling happens in it, you kind of, it changes the kind of color and it kind of makes it all look whitey and glowy and dark and that's the way I was expecting I always pictured it as this crystal sword in my head mm-hmm. um, but yeah like they may make it <laughs> I literally thought that it was going to be the glowing sword as you said in the end of the season I thought I was like wait is that are they making like now that he's superheated it will stay glowing forever and it's a sword but it's not a sword because it's kind of right. super hot I was like wait, is that what they're doing no, okay, Grant, it's now just a hill. Forget about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Anavir evidently will be in season three. Or Anver, pardon me, will evidently be in season three. Um, mm-hmm. So now I have hope that Barthanis lives. <laughs> uh, folks, uh, if you're in the audio medium, she crossed her fingers and looked very greedily and lustily at the screen uh no, come on she wants barthanis bad ladies and gentlemen she wants barthanis bad he's a dark friend he's a bad guy he's oh you like bad guys don't you okay uh so uh castings uh we're gonna get a fail finally yay uh isabella bucheri is i think that's how you say that name i pro- i apologize if i but- butchered it as i often do names uh we'll be playing fail or fally or however you say her name uh we think that she'll <laughs> finally not fail it's fail fail okay or fail they say fail fail okay we've already talked about the elida casting we've uh marin alvere has been recast. Rena Mahoney is going to play that. The Tinkers are returning. So that's Maria Doyle Kennedy as Ela, um, Narendra Samra as Rain. Is that how you say his name? I'm not sure. Rain. Um, and then Daryl McCormick returning as Aram. And Aram will be uh, a fun one to watch in season yes. three for sure. And lots of other castings too. But I encourage you folks. If you really want to know that kind of stuff, just go on to uh, WOTSeries.com, and they have all kinds of stuff. One last item, and this is one that I am excited for. Uh, there was a audition tape or script side that was that WOT Series uncovered uh, that involved Cooladin. And uh, the fav- my, my favorite Aiel to hate, 
Let me just put it that way. So uh, I I love hating on Kooladin. So I can't wait to see uh, how much I get to hate on him in a television show. <laughs> I'm more interested to see more of the IU. Like that always, I always found that so interesting that that kind of that group, especially when you start to find out later where they came from and the truth of the system and all that. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. What did you think of Bane and Chiat this season? I love it. I love the maiden talk. The, yes, the maiden the hand talk, talk was great, it was man. So yeah. cool, especially because it was just even it was just going on at the same time as other things, and they didn't really explain it. And I was like, cool, that's literally it. But it will become more and more next. Uh, obviously, with Abinenda and Elaine and Egwene and all that kind of part of the book. I loved it. Absolutely. Loved it. And I love Bane and Chaid. Aram is one of those that just scares the crap out of me after what happens in, in Shadow Rising. So uh, he's, he's not the same after uh, that book. So, uh, and... Uh, there's a, a leaked audition tape slash script side uh, of uh, Kooladin, who is an Aeel who kind of challenges Rand in Ruidian. If you haven't read that far, I don't know if you have, uh, but you may already know who Kooladin is. But uh, he causes a big old mess in the Threefold Land, so that that should be that should be fun. I'm glad that we're going to get that as well. Any thoughts on any of those? Uh, what what we have an actor for him? Uh, we, we have an, an actor we have him? an audition. Oh. We have an audition. Audition, okay. Yeah, so okay. we don't know exactly who's been cast yet for that, but we we do think that the role is uh, to be filmed, and since it's nearing the end of the production, mm -hmm. season, um, it may be just that we just get a little bit of him at the end of the season, but I'm not sure. Any thoughts about any of that? I don't know, like um, uh, Tinkers, yeah, give me more Tinkers. It's fine. Yeah, um, so they can they can play up that whole let's give peace a chance thing. Oh wait, that didn't work. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> As it just like in season one, no, Perrin, give peace a chance. Oh wait, that didn't work. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> you know who who is going to like that? Baba. Baba will love pairing giving peace a chance again. Oh my God, he hates that whole thing. He's got to throw his hands up in the air when he sees that Tinkers are back. He just wants violence. <laughs> he, just, he just wants Perrin to grab that axe and kill everybody. Don't even need the hammer, Perrin. <laughs> just the axe. Wham. Just start taking people out left and right. It yeah. won't make any, to him, the story doesn't make any sense if Perrin doesn't just start killing people. <laughs> I like the effort he makes to try to uh put violence into emotional arcs it's like <laughs> chris i want to thank you so much for your time i know it's very valuable and i really appreciate you making it for Bustin blockbusters podcast as always your guys's work on tvpodcastindustries.com is excellent i encourage all of our listeners and youtube viewers to go check out all of their podcasts covering a wide variety of shows, all of them good. How do you guys not pick stinkers? I, I When I go to pick shows, I always pick stinkers. But you guys choose great show after great show after great show. It just goes to prove you all have better taste than me, which is fine. I, I'm we, not we a person who has We do have the story of Jupiter's Circle. There is the story of Jupiter's Circle. For me, that 
one of my favorite comic books of all time. And that show on Netflix, we watched ahead of schedule. And we just went, nope. Just plain up, nope. <laughs> we, but we that's got the, the thing. Preview. You guys know how to get out before you got in. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm halfway in. I'm kind of like, oh, I quit. You know, so because, you know, I'm I'm a lazy podcaster. I don't do this for a living, folks. But if you do want to send me, if you do want to pay me, uh, you can do it. You can do it by paying me uh, in feedback. You can send tweets to Bus Blockbuster uh, or X posts or some non-pornographic way of saying that. Is there? I don't know. <laughs> but the site formerly known as Twitter. Uh, yes, that's not why I'm kind of doing it. It's a site formerly known as Twitter or yeah. Twitter, Twitter Jason's best friend. And if you want to talk to Chris, how can they do that with you? You can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com. We have all our links there. We You can follow us on each and every good and evil podcast catcher. Um, you just search TV Podcast Industries. We have, uh, we have individual kind of streams for each of our main shows, but there's also just the main feed. Uh, and you head to TV Pod Industries. Uh, on t- site for me on Twitter or head on over to our Facebook group because that is still a thing where we have a load of fellow industrialists or groups of people that just chat about each of the shows and we have individual spoiler posts for each post of our show, each episode. You head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries and you can just join us there. Uh, and it's good fun. It's good, just genuine fun. If you like a show, tell us what you thought. If you don't like a show, Tell us what you thought. We may disagree. We That's the fun part. But it's always a good, rollicking discussion point. Hey, Matt, is it time to play the game? Uh, you mean the character cross-off game, coach? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I can't wait to uh, to eat Chris. Eat? Uh, I meant, meant meet, meet Chris. I, I didn't mean eat Chris, although I am kind of hungry today. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to meet him. He's one of my favorite podcasters. Priscilla, of course, is my favorite podcaster, but uh, Chris is right up there. Him and Derek and John, all of them from TV Podcast Industries, they're great. Well, Coach, I hate to tell you this, but Chris actually had to leave before we get a chance to play the game, so he will not be participating. Well, that's a travesty. I really wanted to eat him. I, I mean, meet him. That's, yes, I wanted to meet him. Well, let's play this game. Character cross-off. So in this game, as you folks on YouTube can see, we have a picture, but for the audio audience, I will describe. All of the main characters, or many of the main characters, I notice there's no Trollocs here, uh, but all of the main characters from Wheel of Time are pretty much here on this picture, divided into three rows, and there's four characters per row. And the idea of this game, which was put forth by Amazon Prime, was that you have to eliminate, for whatever reasons you have, maybe it's because you didn't like the way they were in the TV show, maybe it's because you don't like the way they are in the books, since this is a book reader podcast, you can come up with whatever reasons you want. But the, the main thing is, is you have to eliminate one character from each row. Some of these rows are tough. Like in the first row, we've got Moraine, we've got Lan, we've got Nynaeve, and Perrin. In the second row, we have Egwene, Min, my boss, Ishmael, uh, 
former boss, I guess, and Matt Cawthon. And in the final row, ooh, a couple of biggies here, Rand Lanfear, that's going to be quite a face-off. They'll probably survive because everybody loves them for some reason. I don't know why anybody likes a Dragon Reborn. One of my personal favorites, Leandrin, is also on this row. And finally, Elaine. Uh, Matt, I'm going to give you the choice. Would you rather go first or would you rather have Priscilla go first? I would prefer if Priscilla did, because I haven't really thought much about this game, and actually it looks like Priscilla has thought a little bit about this game, so maybe I can steal off of her. Well, that's not fair. That's not allowed. You're not allowed <laughs> to cheat. Oh, okay. Uh, Priscilla, we have Moraine, <laughs> Lan, Nynaeve, and Perrin. Who are you going to knock off of this list? Who are you going to... Which character are you going to cross off? Okay. Moraine is my favorite character in the TV series. Okay. And Perry is like top, top three of the books. So it's between Lan and Nynaeve, let's be honest here. Uh, Nynaeve, I like her, but I understand her. I truly do. But uh, yeah, like from season two point of view i think she kind of she had a very good like couple of episodes delivered everything i wanted and then uh her, her arc started to um slow down slow down until the end where she was kind of there but not doing much but anyway i like them lamb i really like lamb but other than like two episodes in this eight episode season he was not doing anything and we already discussed it i really uh i really hope they would have at least showed a couple of episodes of him actively figuring things out yeah lamb would be my my chosen to not go forward which is unfortunate i really like lamb Wow, you're eliminating Lan. Lan has been crossed yes. off. Okay. And he's hot. Oh, okay. I bet he's hot on a spit. When you barbecue him, I, I bet that would be... <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Kind of necessary if you're going to yeah. actually cook him properly. Not that Trollocs usually can. Yeah, I just had to add, add, add a little extra salt. And the person that I am going to eliminate is also Lan. I mean, do something, Lan, for crying out loud, uh, as far as the TV show goes. And really, you know, he's not really... I, I, I like... I really adore him in the books, but I don't really love him in the books. I mean, he's nothing without Moraine to me. I, I appreciate the little bit of love that's been happening between Lan and Nynaeve, both in the television show and, of course in the books but uh yeah land land can go as far as i'm concerned all right matt excellent yeah. choice. Uh, goodbye land yeah goodbye land uh how about this next row this one is is uh full of interesting people i hope that nobody crosses off ishi uh, because he's, of course, my boss. Well, former boss. Well, I'm not sure how that works, how the corporate structure of the Dark One works, but I think he's still my boss. Anyway, uh, we've got Egwene, Min, Ishmael, and Matt Coffin. So who are you eliminating from this row? 
Uh, Min, whenever she was on screen, was very good, very sweet. I really liked her. She wasn't enough. So unfortunately, I had to eliminate Min just because she wasn't there enough for long enough. Just that. But I like her. How about you, Matt? You know what, Coach? I'm coming to this realization that actually I'm probably going to eliminate uh, dark friends or accused dark friends. Lan, of course, was accused of being a dark friend in season two of The Wheel of Time. So uh, my record still stays, and I am going to go ahead and get rid of Ishmael. I think that's atrocious, Matt. I think that's the worst decision that you've ever, ever made. What about this third row, Priscilla? Now, this this one, to me, uh, is pretty easy because I, I see the Dragon Reborn, and instantly I've got to take care of that. But uh, how about you? We've got Rand. We've mm-hmm. got Lanfear. We've got Leandrin, a close personal friend, and Elaine. So, who are you eliminating here? Well, um, Rand is definitely not annoying anymore. Mm. Or at least not as often. Agreed. Okay. So, in the books, he... I mean, I understand he's a teenager, like hormones and everything, but sometimes I can't do Rand, honestly, in the books. But anyway, but here, he has a plan, he executed his plan, he uh, ghosted his sweetheart and found himself like an older woman that he could pay rent. So he's done a lot in this season, I feel. Uh, And he's the main character. He has just been declared the Dragon Reborn. He has been embracing the status of being the Dragon Reborn. So I like Lamphere. She was the star of the series. Her fingers were everywhere. She was going everywhere, every time, uh, trying to make Rand happen. Just because she wanted Ren to be uh, worthy of her, and I appreciate this dedication to her to be like the queen bee that she is. I, I have nothing against it, and I really like that every male character that she came across with, uh, uh, in the season, she was able to use to her benefit or manipulate. Even Loyal, amazing, legendary. Legendary. So Leandrin, uh, yes, Leandrin delivered the goods dramatically. She moved the plot several times, so I also think that she was essential. Elaine, amazing introduction to the character. She's developing a friendship with Egwene, then she's developing a friendship with Nynaeve, then she meets Rand, so they... Again, they used uh, her time well on screen. However, just because the other three, they were more essential to the plot and Lanfear was uh, everything, so I would have to eliminate Elaine, which is a pity. It is a pity because uh, that that would make good eating, I think. Uh, Not too tough from age, it would make some, some pretty good steaks. I would think. How about you, Matt? This is your final row here. Rand, Lanfear, Leandrin, or Elaine? Gosh, I hate to do it. 
Uh, but if I'm going to stick to my dark friend elimination, then I'm going to have to go Leandrin, I think, because I just can't do it to Lanfear. I just cannot eliminate her. She was just too good. Wait a minute, folks. They wanted you to pick a row, but I'm going to make you pick columns, too. Ha ha ha. So, here's what you have in the first column, Priscilla. You still have Moraine, you still have Egwene, you still have Rand. You must now eliminate one of them. Ooh, I eliminated Rand. Excellent choice, I think. Yeah, Moraine is Moraine. I don't mess with Moraine at all. And Egwene, she carried the whole thing, the whole second half, so it's her. Choice. I also, out of that first column, have Rand as an available elimination and will eliminate Rand as well. Oh, this is fun. We got rid of the Dragon Reborn. I'm very happy about that. That's excellent. Uh, the second column, Priscilla. No, you only have one left. You must eliminate Lanfear. You don't have any choice. No, never. You have to eliminate you eliminate her for me, but I don't do this. I won't. I won't say I eliminate her. No. Yes, we'll do it on your stead. Uh, how about you, Matt? You you still have Min and Lanfear left. Well, I got to take out Min because I'm not taking out Lanfear. She's the only darkness that I will allow left on my board, probably. Excellent choice. Third column now. You have a choice between Nynaeve and Leandrin, Priscilla. Nynaeve. Nynaeve is gone. Nynaeve go, yeah. It's gone. Sorry, Nynaeve. I like you. As our friend Catfish on the Double P Podcast Network likes to say, she gone. So, uh, I uh, have a choice between Nynaeve and Leandrin. Because I eliminated Lish Ishi. So, uh-huh. or did I eliminate? No, I eliminated Leandrin. I have to also take out Nynaeve, and that leaves my column blank there. Oh. I've eliminated that entire column. That is terrible. That is terrible on me. Um, final column here, Priscilla. Will you let me do this game, Matt? Will you quit trying to take over just because you forget to change voices? Coach, that's a secret. You're not supposed to let anybody what are you talking about? This is me. I'm, am I not a person too? Anyway, uh, Priscilla, it seems that you only you have to choose now between Perrin and Matt, the two friends who had a great hug and talked about Ranch there for just a brief moment before they separated again. Uh, are you going to eliminate Perrin or Matt? I eliminate Matt because uh, Perry is one of my favorites in the book, so... Okay. All right. Yeah. Matt, it seems that you have all three to choose from, so who are you eliminating? I'm also eliminating Matt, Coach, and here's why. I am so confused by that whole Horn of Valor sequence. I don't know what's going on in the television show, and it might mean that I missed some of my favorite stuff from uh, regarding Matt from the books. So I am getting rid of <laughs> Matt so that I can keep my brain sane. You poet and didn't even know it, man. So that concludes the game. Actually, I had choices too, but this, this segment has lasted way too long. 
And you don't really want to hear any more of my voice in this podcast anyway, do you? I hope that you do. Actually, I like podcasting. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask that you send us your choices. Look for the photo on the Twitter feed. Pardon me, the site formerly known as Twitter, now called X. It's kind of disgusting. Even for a Trollic to consider saying, send me an X post. It just doesn't sound right. But nonetheless, the site formerly known as Twitter, just find at Bust Blockbuster there. Or you can send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com. Or you can leave comments on the YouTube videos, which you can find at Double P Media. So, youtube.com slash at the word double, the letter P, the word media. <laughs>